Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Minutes with Mew presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm Mike Galtieri. So happy to be back in 2020, survived COVID and kind of survived the craziness so far. And BC looks pretty good. 1-0, a nice uh, victory. 26-6 over the Blue Devils in front of new, no fans down in Durham. And uh, we're lucky enough, of course, with Minutes with Mute now to be joined by Scott Mutune. You heard him on the Learfield IMG Sports Radio Network. He called the game. He was still at Chestnut Hill alongside uh, John Mediaparel, Pete Cronin. First of all, Scott, thank you for coming on. And uh, just let our fans, let the Eagle fans know what it was like calling the game uh, from Chestnut Hill. Well, it's weird. It's weird going to be calling a game this week with no fans. I think that was the weirdest thing. Not being there is, is a tough thing because you can uh, you can get a feel of the game uh, by watching it and get and get caught up in the emotions of it. And when it, when you don't have the fans there and all that, it feels like you're just watching a practice or a scrimmage. So that's kind of what I resigned myself to, to what it was. It was just that, you know they were facing another team. But it's definitely a unique experience after doing the games for this is my eighth year now to to go into that. Uh, but <clears throat> I was happy that uh, happy that they were playing football. That was the biggest concern. I mean, if it, it means no fans, but they get to play, then I was all for it because uh, I think the, the, the team deserves that. Yeah, you're right. At this stage, I think everyone kind of resigned to the fact uh, no fans and just kind of playing along and. But bigger story, nice win for the Eagles, 1-0, 26-6, wins over Duke. Just from a general perspective, uh, what did you think of the win? Jeff Halfley's first win at the program, a a nice overall performance, I thought, uh, from afar. Yeah, I I was really excited for for Coach Halfley and and the guys. I mean, if you listen to the way he spoke in his post-game interview with the ACC Network, you could feel his genuine sincerity and thankfulness and appreciative of the moment and appreciative of all the sacrifices the kids made um, to play, to, to go through it. It's not easy. You're asking these guys to sacrifice some personal freedoms. You're being, being a college student. They had to put a lot of that on hold so that they could get this season off. And that's, it sounds easy in practice, but in theory, but in real life, it's not easy to do that. And, and I think he really appreciated that. And, it was great to see the, uh, a complete team effort. I think that was the one thing you noticed that all phases really chipped in, and, uh, and it was a thorough game. And, and the biggest thing I noticed from this new era and this new coaching staff is that at halftime, BC was struggling to protect the quarterback, and Duke was moving the ball pretty, pretty easily. And you're, there's some concerns how they were going to stop that. And I, I, the adjustments that were made on both sides of the ball at halftime um, went in and just kind of shut the door towards things. Uh, on defense, they were able to, to shut Duke down pretty much, turn turn them over in their own territory. And then on offense, they were able to get Phil Dracovic a little more time to throw the football, and he was big in the second half. And, and I think that's something as a fan of the program that you like to see. You like to see the ability to you know see what they're doing, make the adjustments, 
and then implement those adjustments and be successful with it. You mentioned Jakovic, Phil Jakovic, 17 of 23, 300 yards, two TDs. As a former QB yourself with BC, always like to get your perspective. How would you kind of grade out his performance here? Uh, as a transfer from Notre Dame, hasn't had a lot of playing time over the years. How did you think he fared? Well, I'll tell you what. Even I, I haven't seen him in, in person, but 6'5", 230 is an impressive physical specimen. So when he walks off the bus, that, that's impressive to see. Um, I think in the first half you could see and you could tell he hadn't played a game in three years. I think he was a little slow in his reads. I think he got a little shaky once he got hit a couple times. Although the offensive line gave up six sacks, I think a, a couple of those can be put on him because it was just taking him either too long to get into his prog- get through his progressions or he wasn't escaping to the, to the right spots where the offensive line was blocking to. Um, so I think he got, you know, he got banged around a little bit, uh, and I think that first interception probably made him a little apprehensive, but he came out in the second half and literally wiped the slate clean, made some great athletic plays. Uh, I mean, the throw to Hunter Long for the nine-yard touchdown where he comes out on play action and is able to brush off a defender, keep his eyes downfield, and throw a ball that with some arc and with some trajectory into a spot where Hunter Long could make a play uh, showed a lot of poise for a guy um, who hasn't played in a while. But it was good to see that that's in his arsenal. I mean, I think you're gonna only he's only going to get better as as he gets more and more experience. There's going to be some, uh, you know, he has his release is a little bit long at times, but physically it's, it was impressive to watch him stand in there. Take some hits and deliver the football. He really, uh, he really showed a lot of toughness and a lot of physical ability. I think as, as a BC fan, you're going to be psyched to see this guy uh, mature and only get better. I really think, you know, I hate to use that cliche, the sky's the limit, but it, it really is for him. He's he's got a lot of physical tools, and, and I think Frank Signetti does a really good job uh, of calling plays that suit his ability, and did a good job in the drop back game and in the play action game to give him some good looks and to give him some opportunities to take some shots and make some plays. Zay Flowers as well, the receiving end. When I think about the offense, he really sticks out. Obviously, that great play along the sidelines with the juke, a couple TDs, uh, five receptions, 162 yards. Just what do you think about him, uh, his performance? Nice to see a wide receiver really step up uh, for BC, Scott. Yeah, you don't see you don't see a lot of that, or you haven't traditionally seen a lot of that from that position at, at Boston College. He really has a lot of shake and speed to him. I think um, he's fast, yes, going forward, but I think his quickness laterally is what really sets him apart. His ability to make defenders miss in space is a unique talent that is uh, something that BC really needs because that when you have that ability to make someone miss in space, you can make a five-yard pass into a 20-yard gain, and that explosiveness can put a defense on their heels, and they have to respect that. And when you do that, it only helps to make uh, David Bailey, Patrick Garwo, and Travis Levy in the running game better, uh, and the offensive line, that it frees up some space. And, you know, he was he was great. They're, they're missing Kobe White. I think you're going to see Ethan Williams get a little more involved in the passing attack. I really I, I like his skill set, and uh, uh, Jalen Gilp, the transfer from Ohio State, had a touchdown call back for a penalty, but he's got some size and speed. And then you're going to have, an, you know, the next great BC tight end in the NFL, Hunter Long. There's some weapons there on offense, so Zay is, is a game breaker for sure, and it's it's really nice. And he's very his skill set is quite unique that to the BC offense. But there's some other guys around that can make some plays as well. 
On the other side, the BC defense, you mentioned early earlier in this podcast, the first half, a little bit, you know, bend but not break, six points, and then they shut out the Blue Devils in the second half. Uh, how do you grade out the defensive side, Scott? Yeah, I think they did a good job in, uh, you know, turning turning Duke over. You watched, like, two jerk two- Excuse me. Two Duke turnovers were in BC territory inside the red zone. Yes, uh, Duke was 0 for three in the red zone. That's a glaring stat right there. Uh, BC still struggled a little bit on third down, getting them off the field. And, and Duke had, you know, they have Dave Cutcliffe does a good job with his scheme and to getting freeing guys open. But um, I think you see it it's because of Jeff Halfley. You watch how those defensive backs play the football. Uh, they attack the football. Um, DeBerry, Josh DeBerry's, uh, you know, I think it's an interception. They call it a fumble recovery. But that play is a catch that he just attacks the football and finishes the play and rips it out. And and that's a play that, you know, that, that you learn, you watch in the NFL, that NFL DBs. I was watching, like, last night's uh, Patriots. Uh, Seahawks. Me, I was watching two nights ago when watching the Patriots game. You watched that the Seahawks kind of did that same thing. And the NFL coaching techniques, um, I think the biggest difference you noticed for BC is Isaiah McDuffie. He's such a game changer on defense, and his interception early was great. He's just, he's an every down linebacker. He's extremely athletic, and he's a game changer out there. He's, he, you know, he, he, he's smart. He plays great technique, but he's, he's, he's athletic, and I think he's, it's good to see him back. He really solidifies that middle of the defense and helps Max, Max Richardson out as well. I think that's something to, uh, that I really, uh, really noticed from there. And then you see a couple of the, the new grad, uh, graduate transfers come in and help on the defensive line. Uh, you know, that depth helps. But, you know, the secondary, you, you notice the difference and you know that you can see that Jeff Halfley the defensive backs coach because watch how those guys play, how they broke on the ball, how they attacked the football, um, how they tackled. Uh, those are things that are, are, work, are taught to them and that they learned and they succeeded at. And you, you watched five defensive backs for BC make plays. Uh, in that game, and that's something that, you know, with all the passing and all the spread offenses in college football today, you're seeing five defensive backs making plays. That's encouraging time for BC. And then just to kind of put a bow tie on that, and you mentioned the turnovers, special teams turnovers. Duke, they they had five turnovers. They're killing themselves this week. But how do you grade out BC on the special teams front? Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm. Based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum, CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Doing well. You know, missed, missed the dreaded extra point, which is always frustrating, but made two field goals. So that's... Those are big, especially the, the last couple. I think the the big drive, like a lot of people said, the the, the the Barry fumble one kind of was the turning point. I thought when BC went up by uh, uh, fourteen, excuse me, ten to six, Duke was driving and they were able to turn Duke over there. And once that kind of in the beginning of the third quarter, once that happened, the game the game really changed. I, I think you really noticed that uh, BC kind of figured it out on offense. And then defensively, they gave them some yards, but they really, really didn't give them a lot of opportunities to make big plays. And and then Duke kind of just continued to play into them and, and into those mistakes and, and just turning the ball over. And when you turn it over five times, it's 
it's really tough to win. <laughs> so um, I, I thought that that was that's something that you, you definitely noticed from from that game. I get this question a lot too, Scott. As BC's one and zero, how do you think the program's different? At least attitude between Adazio and Halfley. And what's your take? I know you haven't been a lot of time around the program with COVID and everything, but what's your general take now of how the program, if there is any difference really uh, between the two coaches? Yeah, I mean, I can give an answer right now. I don't think it's a very, um, it's very validated because I haven't been around the, the, the team and the program, but from what I've noticed is, is and from what I've heard, it's, it's just, a, it's just a different type of approach. I think coach Hafley is, he's a, he's a younger coach that really, um, relates to his players. I think he uses his NFL pedigree and some of the NFL pedigree on that staff to kind of show and teach these guys that, hey, this is this is where we come from. This is what we can do. Uh, what we're teaching you is NFL stuff. Um, I think he really buys in to, to helping, helping the kids out and giving them an opportunity to succeed. And he really uh, he, he positively uh, educates them, pushes them. He, he pushes them hard. That, that's what we've heard. That he, he gets on them, but he expects a lot out of them. But he also rewards them for that. And I, I think you notice that his sincerity—he's uh, prepared. Uh, he's very prepared, and he's very diligent in how he goes about things. That he gives—he puts his uh, players in position to be successful. But I mean, this is for me from afar. Uh, this isn't from even seeing a game day warm up or anything. I—I I, I don't really. But this is the, you know I'd really like to qualify it in three months. You know what I mean? Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. From from first glance, this is what you get, and from having met him before COVID happened, and his staff, which was I was fortunate enough to meet the staff, um, genuine good people that really that really work for the for the betterment of, of the kids, and really it's just it's a it's a younger generational um, staff than what you had before. And you know, Coach Dazio, he he did a lot of, a lot of good for those for that team and and for for the kids and. And, and that, I just think it's just a different mindset. I'm not going to say which one's better or which one's worse. I'm just saying that's the difference that you notice. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way. As you mentioned, it's just a different generational uh, coaching staff now. That's that. That's what it is. Um, all right, Scott. Before we wrap it up here, it's just a different way in which they go about their teaching. You know, Coach Dazio is a little more from the older school, which is you know that's what I grew up with. That's what you know I saw, and that's what I do, and I think. Coach Halfley, he just comes from a different generation of coaching, and, and that's how his generation goes about it. Neither one's wrong. It's you know they're all trying to help better the kids and get them better. I just think they're, they're different approaches, and that's the biggest thing that you notice. Yep, yep. So uh, this, yeah, I gotta be honest with you. This is one team I, I saw on the roster now coming up in Texas State. I really, I I know nothing about them, the Bobcats. Um, what what's going on? What can we expect at the Heights this Saturday? Is where game number two, first oh home opener. Yeah, it's where you have a nice little night game and a cool fall evening in Chestnut Hill. I think Texas State has a uh, they have a pretty decent offense. Um, their quarterbacks dual threat can throw the ball around a little bit. They're they're a little better than uh, you know than probably people would expect or think, but they're they're going to have some talent, some offensive talent. Uh, you saw, I saw that from, from some of the stats and going into um, into this week's game. So their quarterback put up some pretty decent numbers their first game. I, I think that you just want to see how Jeff Halfley and the guys respond to this first home game, no fans, uh, kind of in the evening, and how they handle um, how they handle it. 
on a team that's you know not on the level of an ACC opponent. But um, you know, it's 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 their first home game. It's going to be interesting to see because VC, if they can hopefully win this game, then it's, it should it sets up for a nice battle against North Carolina, who is a team that's definitely on the ACC. A lot of people love North Carolina. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And. Uh... You know, we've heard that before in North Carolina. I feel like they're, they're every five years or so, they seem to be a hot team. But I, I do like Mac Brown. and They have a really good quarterback. Howell's a pretty good quarterback, and Mac Brown's going to get a lot of, uh, you know, good, good players in there because he's done it before, and he knows how to, how to you know, recruit some talent there. And he's done that, and people have said that. So uh, I, you, you got to see they played well in their, in their first week, and it's going to be interesting to see how they – All right, Scott, we'll be listening. Texas State, first and foremost. Uh, BC, Learfield, IMG Radio Network. Scott Mutrin joins us. Scott, just a final question. How was your summer? I never really, you know, how was COVID, your family, and how are you all doing now as we enter the fall season? Uh, we're well. Uh, you know, they're getting back to school more and more each, you know, each week. They're half, half in, half out. I think that's more than anything it's, it's sanity for my wife. I think uh, having everyone home, including me, for the last seven months has not been her cup of tea. She runs the house, and when we're here, we just screw it up. So I think uh, <laughs> the, the less we're here, the better it is. She gets her life back, and we don't screw anything up here. We just want mom to get her freedom back and enjoy that. Uh, for me, I you know started a new job uh, a month before COVID started, so that wow. was interesting. And I been working from home, but you know the Peloton has gotten a lot of workouts. Uh, so I think that's the biggest thing that uh, I've, I've been able to do is have that. That's that's how I spent my off season. There you go. Hey, it could be worse ways. Got to keep it. the got to get got to keep the dad bod off, Mike. That's the biggest thing I've avoided is I avoid the dad bod. <laughs> and so what? That's a great segue. What was the post game meal like for you then after the win on well, Saturday? There was no like we did have some great uh, Wegmans in the uh, in the booth for the game, which was nice. After the game, I literally had nothing. I went and watched my middle son play hockey in Attleboro, and then saw my oldest son play hockey in Hingham. So that's how I spent my post game. I got home. By the time I got home, I think it was eight. Uh, maybe nine thirty. So we had ordered some food by that time. So it wasn't. It wasn't exactly the best. <laughs> so you you did a nice little tour of the South Shore and Eastern Mass after the game. I really did. I really did. I got to Chesterdale, Alboro, Hingham, <laughs> and I picked up some takeout. Had a nice nice glass of wine with my wife when I got home. So that was good. There you go. Hey, minutes of you number one in the books for this year. Scott will be listening Saturday. Thanks so much for joining us. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.